0: Enter. enter
1: the story, enter the place you belong. Not just looking up. Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith.
2: grateful member of the Upworth congregation. Today's reading is from Mark chapter 11 verses 7 through 10. In this chapter Mark describes Jesus's entry into Jerusalem in advance of the Passover observance. His instructed his disciples to collect a colt for him to ride into Jerusalem. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. The Word of the Lord.
3: My name is David Orsman, and I'm a member of the Charge Conference at Epworth. And I'm, I'm very happy to be back in, in Epworth's virtual pulpit. So the official title of this sermon is The Parade, Risking Reputation. And this is the first of a six-part worship series that Epworth will be following this Lent and I'll get to the risking reputation part by the end of the sermon, but the unofficial title of my sermon is Palm Sunday in Context. I don't think we realize how much we are influenced by the context in which we, we hear a text or read a text. Context plays a huge role in how we find meaning in things, and I'm going to demonstrate that how that's so with the Palm Sunday story. So how do we usually come to this story? We usually hear it in a very specific liturgical context. We usually hear this text read aloud in worship on the sixth Sunday in Lent on Palm Sunday. Think about that. Most of the times we've heard the story, we have been observing Lent for quite a while. Lent is a penitential season. Our attention will have been on Jesus' passion or Jesus' suffering. We may have focused on his journey to Jerusalem or on the cost of discipleship or on the looming specter of the cross. We may have looked deeply into our own souls and considered how much we need to grow. Sometimes in our own practice, we have given up something for Lent like chocolate and gone without that thing for six weeks, which, which I foolishly did one year. Lent can be a downtime. Lent can be a dark season. Winter is still dragging on. So, so when Palm Sunday finally comes, we can be forgiven if we feel just a bit of relief with Easter only a week away, with spring about to blossom, So so Palm Sunday is is typically a day of celebration. We call the Palm Sunday lectionary the triumphal entry. We read it at the beginning of the service, and then we wave palm branches as the choir processes down the center aisle. And the hymns we sing on Palm Sunday are, are happy songs. Hosanna, loud hosanna, the little children sang. And another one. All glory, Lord, and honor to thee, Redeemer King. So in this liturgical context, with Palm Sunday as a day of celebration, a day of anticipating Easter, a day of letting go of the darkness of Lent, it's not hard to understand that though we stand at the beginning of Holy Week, we we frankly skip over the the distressing events of Holy Week So anxious are we to get to Easter and its joy and its victory. So that's the usual context in which we hear and read the Palm Sunday text. And honestly, it's a reading of the story that robs it of so much of its power. So context matters. There have been two times when I preached on on the Palm Sunday story in something other than the usual liturgical context. I was drawn both times to the Palm Sunday story by something that was happening in the news, something that was contemporary, something that was going on in the world. Both times, that context revealed layers of meaning in the story that I had not seen and would not have seen otherwise. The first time I preached off lectionary on Palm Sunday was February twenty fifth, 1979. Now, I know that date because I have notebooks of the sermons I've written. So 1979, imagine a much younger version of myself with no gray in my hair, no lines from my face. Imagine a much younger David who began his sermon 42 years ago this way. And afterwards in coffee hour, you can tell me if it still preaches. But here's what I said. A few weeks ago, in 1979, I saw one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on TV. It was the return of the Ayatollah Khomeini to Tehran after years of exile in Paris. Khomeini is the religious leader of of the millions of Muslims who live in Iran. And I was struck by the outburst of emotion when he returned home again. Thousands upon thousands of people cheering and trying to reach out to touch him. It was a startling thing to watch. This kind of emotionalism is really foreign to our religious experience in America. Our culture distrusts overt emotionalism. We prefer a more rational approach to things. Suddenly, as I, as I was watching all this go on, a thought came to mind. This is how it must have been when Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Crowds were lining the road. People were in the same kind of emotional frenzy. They cried, Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. They lined his way with palm branches. They reached out to touch this dynamic, magnetic, religious leader from Nazareth. So that's what I said 42 years ago. The homiletician in me would have urged the 27-year-old David to go deeper. Surely there, there was more than, Je- it was about more than Jesus being a dynamic, magnetic religious leader. The crowd's excitement was coming from a deeper and darker place. It was coming from a profound hope that Jesus would be the promised Messiah, that by entering and occupying Jerusalem, its liberation from an oppressive empire would be set in motion. So Palm Sunday has this in parallel. With Ayatollah Khomeini's return to Tehran 42 years ago, joyful crowds full of hope that the rule of their oppressors was coming to an end. The the 27-year-old David missed that connection, but he found another one. The title of his sermon in 1979 was The Donkey and the 747. Jesus entered on the back of a borrowed donkey in humility and peace while Khomeini intentionally projected power and glory as he arrived on a chartered Air France 747 jet. I expressed anxiety 42 years ago about that symbolism, that display of power. I wish my anxiety had been wrong. Khomeini's return was one of the defining moments of the 20th century, setting off a chain of events with devastating implications for America and for the peace of the world. So in that context, Palm Sunday teaches us that that triumphal entries are not necessarily good things. Well, there's one other time I preached on Palm Sunday off lectionary, and that was last June. And I preached that sermon here at Epworth, virtually. What was the context that drew me to the Palm Sunday lectionary that time? Well, I was distressed by the desecration of a holy place, by the, by the desecration of St. John's Episcopal Church on Lafayette Square, now Black Lives Matter Plaza. I was distressed by the desecration brought about by a political figure, who shall not be named, whose soldiers were sent to clear the plaza and to drive away the clergy and the laity who were doing ministry in the courtyard of their own church. In the context of pondering that travesty, Matthew's version of the Palm Sunday story came to me in my journaling. In Matthew's gospel, on that day, Jesus enters Jerusalem. He goes to the courtyard of the temple. He overturns the tables of the money changers. He reconsecrates the temple as holy ground. And then the people come to him there in the courtyard where he teaches them and heals them. Signs of the inbreaking kingdom of heaven. So when I read the story in that context, it helped me realize what was upsetting me so deeply about that photo op. As I said, it was Palm Sunday in reverse. So context matters. Today, we come to the story in yet a different context. In case you haven't noticed, today is not Palm Sunday. It's the first Sunday in Lent. This year during Lent, Epworth is following a worship series developed by Marsha McPhee based on the New Testament scholarship of Amy Jo Levine, a very fine scholar. During Lent, we will focus on six moments from the story of Holy Week, six snapshots from the last seven days of Jesus' life. We as a congregation will be challenged to imagine ourselves in those moments the first of which is Palm Sunday. So let's start with Marsha McPhee's insight. She said, we would much rather move from the seemingly joyful Palm Sunday parade straight to Easter morning and skip the hard part. She's she's exactly right. We would prefer to gloss over the hard part. That's human nature. But she is urging us to take the story more seriously. Palm Sunday is more than celebrating a happy parade. Palm Sunday is more than waving palm branches and bringing them home after church as souvenirs. Palm Sunday is more than singing happy songs about the little children welcoming Jesus. Palm Sunday is more than a triumphal entry, if that's what it even is in the first place. Palm Sunday is more than a day to anticipate the victory of Easter. If that's as far as we go when we hear this story, then we've missed its true power. Marsha McPhee is helping us see Holy Week as a succession of risky moments in Jesus' last seven days. How in each of those moments might we imagine ourselves taking on that risk? And of Palm Sunday, she asks, will we join the parade, risking our reputation along with Jesus, or will we play it safe? That's a good question, but I want to ramp it up by an order of magnitude. I want to ask the question yet another context. I want to remember and consider the context of Jesus' life and ministry in what happened. In that context, I want to ask, what does the story mean? What was the risk that Jesus was taking on? So think back with me. He spent his first 30 years in Nazareth. He grew up there. He followed in the footsteps of his father Joseph. He became a carpenter. And being a carpenter is a a fairly risk-free occupation. When you're a carpenter, if you make a mistake, It's easy to fix. If you cut a board too long, you can cut off another piece and make it the right length. If the nail goes in crooked, you can pull it out and hammer it in again. But as Mark begins his gospel, Jesus has just turned 30, and he has gone to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And as he comes up out of the water, the Spirit descends on him, and Jesus hears a call. And he follows that call, and it changes his life forever. He becomes a rabbi, a teacher, a healer. He is given a message. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. For three years, he follows this call. He preaches this message. But you know, at any moment during those three years, he could have changed his mind and gone back to Nazareth gone back to being a carpenter. But then came Palm Sunday. You know, there are moments in each of our lives when we face critical decisions. When we have to choose whether to go this way or that. When we know that if we make the hard decision to go in that direction, that once we take the first step, there can be no turning back. A moment of no turning back. That's what Palm Sunday was. That's what the parade meant. Once Jesus rides into the city on a donkey with everything that entry symbolized, He had announced himself to the people of Jerusalem to be their Messiah, and the people were receiving Jesus as their Messiah. That's why I changed the text of this sermon from Matthews to Mark, because Mark makes it explicit. Listen to what the crowds were saying in Mark's telling of the story. They cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. That last line is only in Mark. But that line reveals why this moment is so risky, so dangerous. The crowd is explicitly receiving him as their long-expected Messiah. The crowd is applauding the coming kingdom of God, which will replace the kingdom of Rome. All this is happening in full public view, and it's risky business. As Jesus enters Jerusalem, the die is cast. There is no going back. Jesus has confronted Rome. Jesus has defied Roman authority. Jesus has committed an act of civil disobedience, totally aware of the consequences totally aware of what the empire will do. So Palm Sunday is beyond risky, beyond risky. I can't imagine how frightening it was to take that step. I can't imagine Jesus' courage. I can't imagine Jesus' faith, believing this was God's will for him, and then doing it. I can't imagine the strength of Jesus' hope that this would turn out to be gospel good news, that this parade would somehow bend the moral arc of the universe toward justice, that the kingdom of God was truly at hand, and that this was the time right now. Palm Sunday. So much more than a happy interlude seven days before Easter. Palm Sunday was the day when Jesus sat on that donkey and took the decisive step from which there could be no turning back.
4: Ride on King Jesus, no man can hear. But young when I begun No man can hinder me But now my race is almost done No man can hinder me Ride on King Jesus No man can hinder me Ride on King Jesus Jesus rise a mighty horse.
1: Have a great week.